This is the Australian Surrogacy Podcast. My name is Sarah Jefford and I'm a surrogate and a surrogacy lawyer. In this episode, it's a stories series interview with Helda and Mark, who have uh, shared with us their story of how they're coming to surrogacy and where they're at with their journey. I have included some details in the blog post of how to find a surrogate, how to connect with a surrogate. There's also some details of finding an egg donor uh, within Australia. And there's also some contacts for how you can get in touch with Helda and Mark. I'm going to hand over to now to them. Hello. So this is Mark and Elder Estevez. And uh, we're calling, well, not calling, <laughs> we're recording from uh, Sydney. Um, and we've well, we've been both living here now for about five years and prior to that we were five years in Melbourne. Um, I'm originally from the UK um, but have lived in Holland um, and Hungary. Um, and yourself? Uh, I'm original from Portugal, uh, where I was, uh, uh, where I lived, and until I was twenty, twenty something. After that, I uh, uh, when I finished the uh, uni, uh, went some time to Brazil, then UK and Spain, and um, after traveling uh, through Asia, I ended up meeting Mark, and when we were both backpacking. Um, and uh, we end up coming to Australia as part of our trip and we end up staying. Um, so we've been living here yeah, for 10 years now. Yeah. So with us, so we live in the kind of inner west, like on that, actually we're very lucky, we live on that, pretty much on the harbour, we've got water views. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but with us we've got our cat, Hampy. Hampy's a, he's a... He's a rescue. He's a rescue cat. Um, he's kind of a gingerish colour but um, he's certainly got a, quite a bit of a personality <laughs> and but he's named after a place that we both visited together in India and it's kind of like this kind of Angkor Wat um, massive civilization that's no longer there in this kind of Grand Canyon kind of landscape um, it's spectacular if you ever get the chance to go you'd need maybe four or five days just to explore on bicycles yeah. but it's amazing and like those big boulders like especially at sunset they come to a kind of a, a kind of a color it's kind of a yellow yellow orange that uh, reminds us a lot of our cat Hampi yes so anyway Hilda um, I've got a couple of questions for you mm-hmm. go on what's your job my job well, because <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested myself. Uh, I'm been working as an articulturalist for the last four years. Uh, I did a career, career change. I worked for many years uh, in the tra- travel industry. Don't undersell it. You did the most amazing job, Helda. Uh, yeah, so I, I did. I worked in uh, uh, many countries and doing different things within the, the industry. Uh, I think you need to talk about the train line that you did that I was really jealous about. Oh, okay, on the, the the train line, yeah, yeah. So uh, the organizing trips from Russia, Mongolia, and China, and also the Silk Road. So you mean the Trans-Siberian Railway? Yeah, for Trans-Siberian, yeah, yeah, and the Silk Road. As you see, Helder has a tendency just to play down things. <laughs> uh, see, being an office monkey myself, I am 
very jealous of everything the elder ever does. So anyway, so, so I I decided to do like career changed and I I uh, trained to become an articulturalist, so something very different from the travel industry. And I've been working for the last few years, and now currently I work at the public organization in uh, in Sydney called Sydney Living Museums, where uh, I curate uh, historical gardens for um, some of the properties, and I enjoy it very much. Mm. Uh, what about you, Mark? Well, I've never been as glamorous as you, and. Every day, Helder has these amazing stories and really interesting. Whereas mine are just about conference calls and meetings. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a, I, I head up the project management for a, a team for um, a large insurance company, and um, yeah, it's I've got quite a large team, and it's just I have to manage all of their projects uh, in IT. Uh, I don't know anything about IT, so um, it's comes with quite comedy value that somehow I'm head of IT project management um, mm -hmm. but somehow I fell into it um, so yeah I just kind of basic my days is flapping around I just flap flap and yeah, but I think you don't plan yourself you're very good at your job everyone really enjoys you as a leader and they think you're a great mentor and uh, you really care for the people who work with you yeah I guess so <laughs> I don't know I'm clearly doing something right um, yeah. but yeah, I just boss people around, basically. Um, In a positive way. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, how have we came to surrogacy? Um, so, I think we both, I guess, uh, ten years ago, someone told me that I would be married and trying to have a family. I'd kind of most probably laugh at that. <laughs> um, but it's... It's been a natural progression, and I think um, we we met, we became more and more secure about the relationship and um, and the future together, and it's um, just something that we can build on, um, and uh, it's a kind of we've both discussed it at length for many many years. Mm -hmm. um, and we, as a result, we explored adoption quite heavily, um, and it was definitely something that we were going to exp uh, kind of continue with. But um, it ended up here in Australia, coming with so many strings attached, um, that we it just become unviable for us in the end, which is very sad. Um, and the timelines were just so extensive that mm -hmm. we were just. This may not be what's most appropriate for us. Um, and then we just started exploring surrogacy, um, and it was on Fair Day, wasn't it, Helder? Yeah, um, when we went to Mardi Gras Fair Day and uh, came across the stand, and we didn't know much about uh, surrogacy or altruistic surrogacy in Australia. And um, yeah, that made us kind of uh, think that that could be the right thing for us, really, because mm. uh, it, it aligned with our values. Um, as Mark said, I think that we both matured as uh, individuals and then as a relationship, and we came to a point we thought, okay, what can we um, give 
um, what can we provide to a human being as a child? Uh, are we can we provide something positive? And we agree that uh, yeah, we are we are good people that were willing to provide the best for someone that um, to be a, a decent human being. Mm. So I think that we we are kind of uh, definitely secure within. Uh, what we can achieve at this point, if, if becoming parents, and um, yeah, we're willing to to go forward and achieve the next steps. So, and where we're at is that we've we we didn't want to jump into this fast, so we went out there and we've had a couple of options for egg donors that we found online and. We wanted to spend some time, like with a surrogate, to actually date them. The egg donor. The, yeah, date the egg donor as well as the surrogate. And we actually found a really nice uh, couple, mm-hmm. um, husband and wife. And um, they, we dated them, it's been now a year, and um, you know, various things we've all done together just to, so we could get to know each other as people mm. um, and not about the the egg donor question there of course it was there in the background but we just wanted to actually get to know each other mm-hmm. just whether we all kind of resonated with each other in the, you know in expectations in life and uh, because we know that this is for us we're hoping that the relationships that we form through this is not just a one-off transaction and that's what's important for us is that it isn't a one-off one off for us is a kind of a lifetime thing we hope if both parties want or or, all three parties but um and yeah so we we found them and we've formed a great relationship now and and we've now at the point where we've with the clinic and we've gone through all the necessary meetings and And tests and tests and counseling sessions and questions that I never thought I'd ever have to be asked or answered <laughs> some of them are quite comedy and I've learned a lot about women's periods that I never thought as a gay yes. man I'd ever know mm-hmm. um, but I feel like as if I can actually do a, do a science biology class <laughs> on, uh, on that um, and yeah so we're at the point of now just doing the egg harvesting and we were meant to be doing it or should have done it but Covid has come along yeah. and the clinic has stopped it so, because uh, we hadn't, we were just about to start. So uh, we just have to re-kick it off, basically, once we were allowed to go to the clinic. Mm. So it's just a matter of a month or two, hopefully. Um, and then we're off we go. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think the, the, the important thing here, as now with the, our egg donor, uh, was being on the same page of uh, what we went out of this, and we all we both want the same. Both parties want the same thing. On uh, we want to um, all be like there for the egg donor and the partner be part of this um, future child's life, um, and that will be important for as um, and for for them as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's for the next step will be well lo- finding the. The, a surrogate and be the right person to embark on this journey with us. Mm. So uh, let's go to a bit more light-hearted things. Um, tell me one interesting fact that people don't know about you, Elder. Well, um, one thing I can say 
some people don't know about me is like the well I speak three languages Portuguese English and Spanish and uh, that when I dream I can dream in any of those languages so some dreams I start in English halfway through I sw switch to Spanish and I can finish in Portuguese so you're talking tongues basically yeah <laughs> 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 do you tend to go for one language? I don't know. Like, it depends on the... I think these days probably more English because it's what I use during the day. But um, no, that, there's no rule really. Do you know that you're speaking Spanish or Portuguese? Yes, I do. You're conscious of it? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and how interesting... Are you in... Or could you be dreaming like you're here in Sydney or Australia? Like a situation like, I don't know, you're at the Opera House and that's your dream. And could you be speaking in Spanish, even though it's an English-speaking country? Yeah. Oh. Definitely. Oh, that's a bit strange. What about you, Mark? Well, um, I have a tendency to have bizarre situations happen. Mm. Uh -huh. like, like what? <laughs> uh, I once closed an international airport... Um, really? <laughs> <laughs> so just after September the 11th, when everyone was, oh no, it was maybe two or three years after September 11th, when everyone was a bit like security paranoid, for obvious reasons, um, I somehow checked in at the airport, but the people in, somehow the check-in person got confused and thought I was actually with the group in front of me and I got checked in with them and I got the wrong boarding pass <laughs> and then somehow it meant that I went airside to uh, Bul it was in Bulgaria so Sofia International Airport somehow me and my friend were on the other side of uh, the you know airside and uh, all these where well, we weren't meant to be because we actually didn't have a boarding part like our yeah. tickets weren't there and um, yeah so then there was all these announcements and we were just wandering around doing duty free shopping <laughs> and not paying any attention and they ended up closing the airport for you yeah and then, well then we looked and went oh my god every flight is cancelled <laughs> every flight is delayed and why's all these announcements um, yeah and then uh, they were like calling my name calling my name and, and my friend's name and we merrily giggled all the way up to the, the desk and there's like all of these heavy security people with machine guns and everything and then we were like oh that, that, yeah hi we're here and they were like <laughs> how have you got here and we were like well we checked in already and they're like you're not meant to be here oh my god it kicked off <laughs> so yeah that was that's an amazing thing so that's uh, something that probably in bulgaria is quite well known <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and once I was on the news in Mongolia, but you were there, Helen. Uh, yes, we yeah. both there. We both got interviewed. For the Nadam Festival, it's yeah, like yeah. the Olympic Games for Mongolia. Yeah. Yeah, that, that maybe you're famous in Mongolia. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, tell me, what is your favourite book? Oh, favourite book. Uh, I wouldn't say I have one favourite book. Um, same thing with, you know favorite movies or so on. I have, a, I would say, have a preferred genre of books. That sounds like a cop-out. Well, but it is what it is. Um, I, <laughs> my, I would say my favorite type of books are um, um, fiction, like novels, and usually historical novels of some sort. 
Um, I can give you an example. Like the, so you mean like uh, Great Expectation no, no. or Shakespeare? No, I'll say something a bit more uh, Gabriel Garcia Marquez uh, with The Hundred Years of Solitude. Oh. That is um, probably, probably uh, many people uh, know the story that it's um, based on kind of uh, a kind of a, fa- a fabulous, uh, dreamy story on the formation of, of a country in South America and through, tell, told through a story of a family through the uh, centuries. I've read that book and I actually found it a bit bonkers, to be honest. It was, it, it was good, but it was just... I just couldn't keep up with all the characters. I'm surprised you found it bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> and did you read it in English or Spanish or Portuguese? Uh, I read it in Spanish. Oh. Yes. Uh, what about you, Mark? Um, so myself, um, I'm not going to do a cop-out and I'm going to pick a book. Yeah, go on. Um, so I'm a bit boring. Look, I, 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 I don't really find reading easy. So, um, and I'm a bit time poor. So I'm kind of off the line of, if I'm going to read something, it has to be factual and I'm learning. Um, <laughs> so um, I have a tendency to read kind of history books and political ones. Mm. Um, so I would say the, my favourite, and I can't believe I'm even going to say this, so don't judge me, um, <laughs> is maybe Margaret Thatcher's autobiography. Oh. So like, <laughs> like a second mother. <laughs> oh, she is my mum. <laughs> the Wicked Witch. Um, uh, I, mean, I think because it's just, you know, I was brought up in that period in London and the UK and it just had such an impact on everybody's lives mm-hmm. um, that I was able to, you know, kind of pinpoint my childhood through that book and just kind of every now and again just say the F-bomb a few times. Um but I found it just really interesting. However, um, it's not exactly the most interesting book in the world. But um, I would say from a novel perspective, I really enjoyed... There's this book called Shantaran that's about this Australian guy who escapes from prison and somehow gets to India, lives in a slum... And then from there becomes some sort of like slum lord for, um, by helping out the people living there, you know, through education and becoming some sort of doctor for them, even though he's not qualified. And then from one thing to another, he ends up in Bollywood. And Don't tell all the story. Oh, oh yeah. Oops. Really. <laughs> <laughs> but look, it's a really easy book to read. It's quite a big one, but it's actually just a really interesting book and it turns out to be semi-autobiographical bi- biographic biographic um, and then um, so I think that's maybe why it appealed to me as well but um, really worth a read because it really takes you through a, how India is as a country mm-hmm. so if you if you would like to travel there it's quite it's, the descriptions are quite um, good and um, and if you have been there, I think it resonates quite well. Mm. So yeah, really thoroughly enjoyable book that one. Um, though the last chapter bit goes on a bit because um, it discusses a bit yeah, bonkers. Um, now, what is your favourite movie? Oh, movie. Um, uh, I think some. Uh, oh, you got to be specific. No, you can't no, have a copy. Okay, I'd say no, no. I'd say uh, is books on the one favourite yeah. movie. 
Um, uh, I I think they'll in terms of stories they'll go on the same type as, as books. I like fiction. I prefer fiction, and the something a bit more kind of uh, on alternative out there uh, in terms of story. Um, I'd say when I was about twelve, my favorite movie was Dune from of the David Lynch. And because it was kind of they call it the uh, space opera, and yeah, it was completely, completely crazy. And so, as a twelve-year-old, you were watching space operas. Well, it's not. It's it's a science fiction. <laughs> it's science fiction. What kind of child were you? Well, I was a special child. <laughs> <laughs> Destined to be gay. What about you, Mark? Oh, um, me. Well, look. Gladly, I can say it's not something sad like. Uh, Margaret Thatcher's story. <laughs> um, mine is... Um, I really liked Cloud Atlas um, because it, I liked the way that they had these different stories of different people spread across, I think it was like a thousand years and basically people would meet each other in their kind of their lifetime and somehow they know that they've met the person before but actually it was two or three hundred years ago and it's all about their spirit that goes through and it's about that connection and I always I always find it very odd in real life when you meet someone for the first time and you go I'm bloody sure I know you um, but you know that you don't know them but you just why have I got this weird connection mm. and the book and well, it's a book uh, which I have read and I really wouldn't recommend um, but the the the, the film was really well done and I thought it really played that those connections and how that goes through um, generations and lives mm. um, so yeah um, I, I really loved it um, it made me really I like a film that makes me come out and think and talk. Um, so, where's your favourite holiday destination, Hilda? Well, that's uh, kind of a very, very hard, I think for you and me, because uh, we met travelling. We both love travelling, not just holidaying, more travelling. Um, I don't have a specific uh, kind of holiday destination because... I'm being um, um, lucky enough to be in many places that are very different and very wonderful in different ways. Um, I, I would say my, what I take more of traveling, it's the um, exploring, knowing different cultures, different people, and learning with that, becoming, a, I think, a better person. Um, that's my, and shapes me, has shaped me and still keeps shaping me uh, as the, the person I am. So I find it very important. So it's more, for me, it's not just holiday. It's uh, a bit uh, deeper than that. So what you're telling me is when, when we need to, you don't actually care where I book us next to go away? I'll have quite my <laughs> I have standards on what where to go and not, and I will tell you if I'm happy with it. I'm sure you will. <laughs> uh, on my side, uh, yeah, I get where you're coming from, but I would say is, we went to Cuba recently and we had a month there. That was amazing. Mm -hmm. From a, Because I'd studied a lot at school about it, on the history, 
and again the politics i loved it um havana beautiful city the the music in cuba was brilliant um yeah just such a lively interesting country um, it really was it, and then and then like we went to jordan to petra loved the history one other place i loved from a cultural perspective was india i think we've been there i've been there at least 10 times now and purely it's just so culturally vibrant in wherever you go in india and it's all different every mm -hmm. state and every city is completely different um i loved it uh, i loved india um and i would recommend it for some people it's not for everyone <laughs> yes um but then you know that's a cultural thing but the thing in australia i mean Australia is such a brilliant country, and I think that's why it's home, and it always will be. Mm -hmm. um, the I, I loved our. Tr we always go camping, um, and literally, if it wasn't for the bushfires this year, we would have been camping every weekend. But um, we did a trip over to uh, when we were in Melbourne from Mildura up to Broken Hill, but off road through a place called Mungo National Park, and the what was those lakes called, Helena? Um, Malawi, Malawi. Menindi. Men Menindi Lakes. Menindi. If you ever get the chance, highly, highly recommend it. We were off-roading, we were in our Land Rover, and it was just brilliant to be disconnected, out with nature, cooking on the fire, and oh, we were there for, what, a week or two, two yeah. weeks? Camping on the Darling River. Oh, it was brilliant. Really, really beautiful. So that's my other thing. It's kind of, I loved going back to, ba to basics for me. Mm. Um, and Australia's just got so much colours and the sky is just so blue and big uh, yeah I could go on um, so I think that's it is that it? yeah you don't want to say anything else before I finish? Uh, well look whoever's had the uh, patience to listen to this um, I hope we've not bored you too much <laughs> um, and yeah um, good luck in your journeys and um if you ever want to talk to us, uh, get in touch uh, with the contact details and um, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, I'd say that, that we could spend hours here talking uh, with each other about our different adventures. Well, that's uh, good because we do live together. <laughs> <laughs> our different uh, adventures and, and our plans and, yeah. and dreams. And yeah, uh, I hope one day we'll... Uh, um, meet many of the people listening to this and that we form new friendships through, through this um, um, uh, podcast. <laughs>